support for this podcast comes from Staffing Future. Nowadays, your recruitment website needs to do more than just validate your business. Websites are your digital front door, where new clients and great talent should come knocking. So do you want your recruitment website to stand out from the crowd, generate new business leads and placement revenue? If that's a yes, then talk to Staffing Future, the recruitment website and technology experts. Get a free website and technology stack review and competitor analysis today. Just visit staffingfuture.com slash rules. What great ideas are so close within your grasp? Seeing other points of view, anticipating change, considering multiple possible turnouts, acknowledging uncertainty, searching for compromise. We're going to talk about how to get over those limiters of innovation so that you can extract better thinking from yourself and your team. So let's talk about how to win the future. This is the Marketing Rules Podcast. Do you know the new rules of marketing? Here is your host, James Whitelock. Hi, and welcome back to the Marketing Rules Podcast. The United States economy has been severely hit by the pandemic. So how does a growing recruitment agency survive in such a hostile staffing environment? And what part does technology play in that survival? This week, I talked to Gavin Megnauth, Director of Digital Transformation at GQR, the global talent acquisition and advisory firm. Gavin discussed the state of the staffing industry in the USA at the minute and how investing in technology is the route to recovery. Welcome, everybody, to the Marketing Rules podcast. Um, thank you again for everybody for joining me. And today I am joined by Gavin Megnauth from Palm Springs, uh, very sunny Palm Springs. I'm incredibly jealous. Um, thanks for joining me today, uh, Gavin. Thanks for having me, James. You won't be jealous in about four hours when it hits 110 degrees here. Yeah, no, I think I still will. Uh, <laughs> um, Gavin, I'll tell you what. So I, we've known each other for, for, for quite a few years. Um, but for those people who don't know you and haven't met you, um, well, what have they been doing? But uh, is it, could you just give us a quick kind of intro to your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Happy to, James. Happy to. Um, so quick potted history. I started life at British Airways, which is, is no longer, it's a former shadow of its previous brand. But back in the day, uh, BA very much used technology as an offensive weapon uh, versus its competitors. You know, we're in this disruptive era generally now, but, um, <clears throat> you know, in, in, in my era, pre the year 2000, um, tech was, was a big thing for BA. So we were first to do... Um, Kiosks at, at, at airports first for seatback video uh, type stuff for, for, for um, uh, on board. Mm-hmm. And one of the the innovations I was very much involved in was was online check in. So I personally got the CAA to approve the three D um, barcode that you currently see on your boarding pass, even now twenty years later. Um, so I, I was head of IT at, at BA. Li- lived a great life. Um, I lived on the Isle of Man as a tax exile and took a jet into to Heathrow every morning. Um, but I, I decided to just pivot my career and very quickly I moved to a very large charity that was all about helping disabled people uh, find work. <clears throat> and I, I then sort of went out to some of the big tradi- commercial players like Hayes and, and Reed to see what they were doing in terms of CRM. 
And I realised that it was all a bit um, old school, actually, and, and you know, Bond Adapt version 8 was, was, was the norm back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were doing much more sophisticated stuff that we were hand-building um, in this charity, which then uh, led me to, to come to, to Randstad, which is where I met you. I think mm-hmm. uh, the first time we met was at a, at a pre-acquisition um, conference for, for Video Group in Paris, of all places. Uh, if you were on the video side, it was called a merger. That was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, indeed. Um, but um, I, I remember that day very well, James. You were the most impressive guy in the room, I think, um, in terms of what you were doing for the group. Uh, so, so uh, and our paths have crossed many times over the last like, 12 years. So, so yes. So, so did a stint at Randstad. Uh, whereas IT director for the UK and, and part of that global leadership team, um, a lot of my background at British Airways was acquisitions and mergers, um, and, and so I had a big, strong M&A background. So that pre-integration planning of all of our different platforms, what were the right um, front office, back office tools to help video uh, Randstad scale was what I was very much involved in. Um, but we, we decided, as you know, to move the head office to Luton, which, which isn't... Um, the sexiest part of the world. No Palm Springs. <laughs> uh, no Palm Springs. Um, and so um, I, I left and joined a, a great company called Morgan Hunt, which um, was, was very big and still is very big in, in the public sector within the UK. I think we won many awards um, in the public sector space in recruitment. And again, we, we, we did some very clever things with tech. We, we built our own VMS platform um, before it became sort of a commodity um, and, and at a price point that small players could, could, could invest. And that really allowed us to disrupt the further education market. <clears throat> I was COO there, so I ran everything from marketing, uh, IT, property, um, everything except the, the bean counters, really, and, and, and the sales team. Um, and then went from there to Impelum Group, so uh, the second biggest uh, recruitment group within the UK. Mm-hmm. where it was very much a, a, a sort of fragmented model for IT. Uh, there were sort of 20 brands, but everyone had their own ability to go out and buy their own CRM. And so there was a new group strategy to try and uh, converge uh, the tech to, to get economies of scale. And it was quite a big team. It was about 180 people in the IT department alone um, there in Pelham, which, you know, through um, outsourcing, offshoring, um, and, and consolidation of, 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 of different dev teams. Uh, we brought that down to around about 100 and, and made some good inroads in, in, in those uh, years that I was there. Um, I then have been involved in two or three um, tech startups, um, some with, with an, an HR background, some, some not. I ran my own um, AI company that was largely based out of, of India which um, sold uh, to, to our largest clients um, in 2018. 2018, yes, that's about right. <clears throat> and, and I was going to take quite a break and, and, um, and go to the Caribbean and, and just catch up on box sets, but um, an opportunity came for me to move to LA to work for GQR. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I haven't looked back. I've been here 18 months now as, as um, I think, Director of Digital Transformation is the, 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 the moniker. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, doing some really exciting things here, some very um, cool tech, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yeah, we'll get onto the tech um, because I've had a little kind of look at some of the stuff that you guys are kind of doing over there. Um, and it is, uh, yeah, it's interesting, you know, it's it's kind of, a, it's a bit kind of, it's different from what everyone else is kind of looking at at the minute in the, in the <laughs> tech space and the HR tech space. But I tell you what, I, I really like to kind of, and I think the listeners and viewers now would um, really be um, interested in, it's just kind of, 
an overview of the US market right now. You know, um, our kind of opinion, obviously, from the from of the US market can be just kind of uh, can you can you can just say, well, Trump's America, basically, from what we see on on the TV. Um, but I'm sure it's not like that once you're actually there and you're work, working in it. And I'm sure the labor market is very different. Um, and I know it is a little bit because we had um, Matt Siegelman on here from Burning Glass a, yeah. couple, of, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he gives a little bit of overview of what's kind of, of going on in the, in the US market. Um, but it would be great to kind of get your kind of opinion as a, you know, as a, well, I mean, I know you, you, you know, you know, you're not a recruiter, but you are at the coalface within a recruitment business. So, yeah, that would be interesting to kind of get your, your, your view. Sure. I mean, do you want me to talk to the the recruitment landscape and how that's performing? Because I, I I can certainly talk to that, and then industries that we're definitely. Um, so well, let's start. Well, let's start within recruitment, and then um, then we can maybe just kind of then talk about the kind of the tech industry out there. Sure. So, I mean, recruitment has been hit pretty hard um, out here. Um, you know, I have some thing, stats at my fingertips. I think Michael Page are, are down forty seven percent versus the first half last year. Uh, Robert Half and Robert Walters are down around sort of thirty four percent. Randstad thirty two percent. I think it, it's already only S three that are, are still holding their own, but they're still down seven um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> percent. If we look across the the average of our our peers and those publicly listed companies, I think the the, the weighted average is is twenty five percent down across the board for the first six months of last year, and that's. That's, that is hurting. We're seeing, um, you know, a lot of recruiters that are be, being furloughed, um, some that are going down to zero salary commission only. Um, so, so it's it's very tough times for for, for the recruitment sector on the whole. Um, and you know, the, the the notable industries, you know, blue collar, um, uh, you know, across the board, we're we're seeing a, a downturn here. Yeah. So, from a from a a business perspective. Um, 25% sounds a lot, but it could be a lot worse, right? I mean, you know, where does, kind of, where's the breaking point? Where's the kind of, have you stress, stress tested kind of how far it can, you can kind of go? Or is it now, are, are you now seeing the green shoots and you're on the way back up? Yeah, so I didn't actually speak to ourselves, um, you know, without, without tooting our own horn, as we'd say. Uh, we're, we're actually up 10% from the first half of last year. Um, so, so we're doing quite well. We're, we're, we're quite resilient. And I think largely because of some of the industry sectors we're in um, have, have, have are basically resilient to, to, to such a downturn, which I can talk to. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, the leadership and our, our, every single one of our staff who, who are rolling up their sleeves, we're all working from home here now. No one's really in the office worldwide, um, ex- except Australia. Everyone's back to the office in Sydney. Um, <clears throat> So, so uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing okay. And in, in many respects, you know, I, I certainly hold a view that um, COVID and the market is actually masking um, an even greater overperformance um, through us allowing our staff to work from home um, and, and having less of a presenteeism culture, which, which I think we, we did have in some parts. Um, people are able to, to manage their own lives, um, speak to candidates at all hours. Um, their productivity has certainly increased. Um, they feel healthier about themselves. They're eating better. They're not losing two hours in an LA commute um, to get to work. Um, so, so, I, so I think you know, there's a, definitely a view that uh, a hybrid working environment going forward will actually improve our productivity and output. Um, 
just on that, how do you measure productivity? Yeah, through a wealth of metrics. I mean, we have um, a huge analytics dashboard where we're looking at um, standard things that a lot of recruiters would do through through you know phone calls made, yeah. um, average length of phone calls. But we 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 actually drill down into how they're using things like LinkedIn, um, you know, the in-mail sent, um, how, how long they're staying in platform. So we use Bullhorn as our CRM. So all, all the notable um, um, variables mm. that, that you can look to within, within, within that. Um, so, so yeah, the output and productivity, we, our leaders have, have a huge wealth of, of data that they can look to on a daily basis and predict um, either upward or downward uh, trajectory in terms of um, you know, bookings two, th- two, three months down the line based on how many CV submits, how many people they're getting through to first interview or second interview now. So, so we're, it's quite a well-oiled machine in terms of looking at, at analytics. And, and in terms of our tech, I feel like our, our, we're looking to data in a big way um, to help the business scale, really. Um, and is that due to, since you've come in, is that those are the changes you've brought in, that kind of, like that kind of big data crunching? Um, I don't think they were my original ideas, but certainly they're being executed now that, that I'm here. I think we, we've always used, um, so, so we use Insight Squared, and, and obviously there are, there are other recruitment analytics mm-hmm. tools around them. But I, I think they have limitations, James, um, in terms of the amount of data points that you can, you can get. And, and um, so we, we're building our own data, data warehouse um, in Azure. Um, and, and so rather than you know, getting data every hourly, as you, you know, as you might do, you'd get an extract in, in some of the other products hourly, we're, we're getting our data much more in real time. And like I said, I think there are 16 different uh, sources that we are feeding into our data warehouse mm-hmm. um, to, um, to allow decision support from our leaders. I, I want to just go back and touch on, um, you mentioned that some of the markets you're in are quite kind of buoyant at the minute. Yeah. Um, so what are those markets? What are you seeing? Where, where's, where's the, where, who's the winners and losers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so technology has been pretty resilient globally um, and, and, and tech is, is, is an area that we're, we're involved in. Um, we're life sciences. Um, it is a big thing for us. So pharma biotech, gene therapy, nanotherapy. Um, you know, we have many of our candidates that are involved in, in, in the race to find a, a, a vaccine for COVID. Um, so we do niche, very niche high-end um, recruitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, quant trading. Um, so in, in, a, in a world where there's a, a volatile market, um, hedge funds, uh, PE houses, banks, um, who rely on these um, um, coders to, to, to create algorithms to help um, systematic trading, that, that's doing particularly well. There's a huge appetite for, for automated trading in a world where the, the markets are going haywire. Health, health has been a mixed bag. We've done very well out of health. We're quite a new entrant into the healthcare market. And um, you know, as, as a result of the unfortunate pandemic, you know, we've won a piece of business to supply an entire state with its nurses for COVID uh, for both acute and care homes. So, you know, we're talking, you know, a thousand plus, plus nurses there. Um, and I say healthcare is, 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 um, is mixed. So obviously there's been a need for, for, for um, COVID care. But in, in, a, in an environment which is predominantly private health, 
um, in a world where we've also been in lockdown in, in, in areas, you know, traditional A and E um, healthcare. Yeah, I, th- I think road accidents are down ninety were down ninety percent in some states, um, and, and elective surgeries were obviously reduced because of the the, the, the concern of of contagion. So so um, you, you know, healthcare has had had winners and losers. I think we, we've we've we're net very positive um, in our health. Are you seeing the same across all the territories that you're involved in? As you said, you know, you're you're in the you know um, you're across all across the states, but you're in the UK, Australia. Uh, and other places are you seeing similar kind of green shoots or similar trends yeah and like i said like you, you've used the word green shoots like you know i don't think we've ever re- really suffered i think banking and finance took a bit of a hit um traditional banking and finance um but uh yeah we, we we're, we're seeing seeing a, a start of a return to, to normalcy and and um you know some of our clients we, we deal with you know JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, a lot of these organizations, you know, have the reserves and the resilience to um, to deal with the pandemic. And also, you know, that there are organizations that will, will see an opportunity in, 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 in a pandemic. Uh, and uh, so a lot of these organizations are still hiring, but hiring differently. And um, in a way, when they see their competitors struggling, this is actually a great time to go and hire top talents because it's you don't need to give people big sign-on bonuses um these people are, are much more um open to, yep. to, to leaving their jobs when when they feel that their jobs could be under threat or, or their bonuses next year could be affected so so um there are organizations out there that, that, that are not reacting in a negative way to, to, to the pandemic but are, are looking for the opportunity okay um, yeah, I mean that's uh, that's really interesting that there's kind of a land grab in certain of some of those industries to kind of pick, pick off the top talent. Very much so. Yeah. Um, let's get back to uh, all mine and probably hopefully your favourite subject, which is technology. Okay. Um, so we mentioned at the start that that GQR kind of are, are, are very kind of technology focused and they're building out your own kind of your own technologies to, to enhance the, the recruitment process. So before we get on to talking about what you're doing, I mean, let's kind of talk a bit more kind of generally and where you think the part that technology plays now in the recruitment process and where you see the kind of innovation coming from within kind of HR, HR technology, recruitment technology, um, you know, is that automation? Is that the, those kinds of things? AI. What are these? What are these kind of big names going to play in in recruitment, kind of moving forward? Yeah, I, I think um, we we see it in, in three different areas. I think um, certainly automation is 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 key. Um, we are seeing and, and ourselves investing in um, RPA, so robotic process automation. So really taking out the the drudgery of, of, of the recruiter's role. Um, you know, as we know, um, over the years, um, recruiters can be perceived as being lazy, not very good at the admin. Um, you know, we all have CRMs, but they're only as good as as what recruiters put in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so um, we we have a wealth of um, bots, as we call them, um, which are doing the the work that a recruiter would otherwise do. Um, automation also extends to marketing automation. I think we're seeing a lot of advancements uh, from, from from players and old and new mm-hmm. in in the, the marketing automation um, space, which I think I think you must have talked about 
in, in, in your uh, podcast. Uh, I, I do listen to them. We, we may have touched on it once or twice, yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's one key area. And then you talk about AI. So, yeah, augmented intelligence. We, we, we're seeing a lot of um, a, a big race in the matching um, technology, matching candidate to candidate, candidate to resume, uh, et cetera. Um, so there's, there are the notable players there that are doing their thing. We're, we're, we're also creating our own intellectual property in that space. Um, so those, those are the three major things. Oh, two major themes. The other theme is, is really data. Um, right. I think the, the ability to, to understand that data, um, to, to manage that data. I think, I think it's key throughout our careers. You know, we've been in organizations that may have acquired recruitment companies that, that have grown to you know that fifty to, to two hundred seats, um, but but then often that the leaders of those recruitment companies were were, were recruiters um, who, who went off and did their own thing. So this forever fragmenting industry. But then when the organisation reaches that critical mass, that precipice of two hundred staff or, or however many offices, and, and there's lots of moving parts, they doing what they did, which made them a successful startup, no longer works. And I think this is where. An investment in 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 in, in uh, a good data warehouse and analytics and decision support tooling is, is what allows uh, those organisations to help break through that that, that glass ceiling. Um, so you touched on some of the things that GQR are doing, uh, and you probably can't go into too much detail because it might be kind of um kind of top secret, as it were. But what are the things that you're kind of focusing on at GQR? Where do where do you, uh, you know? Are you, you mentioned the kind of these three kind of points that you, you think are kind of really important generally. Um, what are you doing around those? Yeah, so we, we've um, we've created um, our own uh, matching engine. We we, we um, had have acquired an organisation, a tech startup in New York, um, and it, it's got a rock star data scientist, a guy called Dr. John Crone, who, who's a well published. Um, uh, author in deep learning and also runs uh, an AI um, course out of, I think, Columbia University in New York. He's an absolutely fantastic guy. But we've made our own, um, well, our own matching algorithm that we've embedded into our, our, our own platform that we call Ava, which um, basically takes away a lot of the work for the recruiters. And our aspiration is for our recruiters to, to work 25% less per week. Um, you know, literally give them that four day week uh, if they want it and improves their, their billings by, by 25% also. So, so our, our, our promise, our aspiration to our, our staff is that our tech is going to make your lives easier and allow you to bill more and ultimately take more money home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so that, that, that tech is, is great. I can talk to, to some degree about it. I mean, John Crone is probably the guy you want here. He'll speak more fluently about it. But in the way in which it works differently from other AI matching algorithms in that it, it uses sort of word vectoring. Um, so rather than standard Boolean search, which I think you and your audience will, will be able to get their head around, you know, so word, word matching. What we're looking at is the average of words around a keyword um, and matching it um, against their skills and their job and their career history. And um, basically looking at a, over 100 million uh, resumes. So we're then able to get a resume and predict what and when um, is the, the, the next role for, for, for um, a candidate. To the point about um, um, recruiters 
not doing their homework properly and, and not uh, updating the skills in, in, in a CRM. We, we don't need to rely on the diligence of a recruiter anymore. What we, we do is we, we have our, our tech, our Ava platform, which by the way is up for um, the, I think, best innovation at the Recruiter Awards this year in the UK. Um, and we, we, um, we basically can read, I think it's 50,000 resumes and actually it's natural language processing. So it's literally reading the resume fully in, in half a second, 50,000 in half a second. And, and we'll rank, uh, you know, from first to 10th, the best fit for a vacancy. So we can throw, we can throw over either a vacancy or, um, yeah, or a, a job description or, or indeed another candidate, another candidate's, um, resume, uh, resume. And Ava will come up with with the answers for our, our recruiters, and so we're we're able to surface and place uh, candidates that we would never naturally find under normal circumstances in our database because we've got a resume attached, but with no skills, no 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 specialisms, no data entry um, in, in the key fields in the, in the CRM. Um, so, what's the consultant's job in all of this? You know, because. You, you're you're kind of you're, you're automating slowly automating kind of parts of parts of what traditionally a, a recruitment consultant would do. What what's your kind of what do you want your recruitment consultant to do? To do what they do best, really, which is 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 invest more in their relationships with with both candidates and clients. As I said, James, you know we're we're in some very very niche high tech um, STEM industries. And the, the reality is, you know, all, all the people that we place in life sciences have all got PhDs um, in very, um, we're, you know, very niche um, um, mm-hmm. topics and disciplines. And the reality is the average recruiter who, who's, you know, 25 to 30 hasn't, hasn't got a PhD in biodegrading sulfites or, or, you know, bacteria degrading sulfites, whatever it might be. But this is where our, our tech is is suggesting people for, for roles that our recruiters might otherwise never have, have, have a not been able to find, but b not be able to, to 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 read a resume and say how on earth is that that person the right person for this job? Yeah, our tech is outperforming in some areas. Um, our our recruiters' ability to see a, a, a valid candidate. So so our candidate can just spend more time learning about the industries and verticals they're in, really being on, on, on the cutting edge of, of knowing what a client need is, spending time researching a client and, and their direction of travel, their strategy, and building relationships and nurturing those relationships on both candidate and client side. That, that's what we think they do best, and that's where we want them spending their time. Their time. Um, that's interesting because, I, again, I've always thought that recruitment consultants um, should always be more consultative. You know, and it's, the, it's, the part of, it's a part of their, their, their job title that they've never really done before. <laughs> Um, and so it sounds like you're kind of actually allowing them to be that bit. Um, does it take away? I mean, I suppose this is this is, depends on the kind of recruitment consultant you want. But your traditional recruitment consultant is quite sales focused. Uh, you know, they may have come from a sales background and then moved into this. You know, does your technology still allow them to do that part, or is that, or are you just not after consultants that are that are that way inclined anymore? Yeah, I, I, I think it, it, it supports and enables them um, to, to do that more. Um, so, so, so absolutely, they can be more focused on sales. We, we, we invest heavily in our consultants going out to, to industry conf- conf- conferences and events and spending time nurturing 
and uh, th these relationships you know certainly in, in new york in a non-covid era um a lot of our consultants are spending time at dinners with with, with clients really understanding their need um really understanding their wants you know, we, I think we often talk about we hire the one percent of the one percent. You know, it, it's it's those niche rock star um, talent talent that that that's just very hard for for some of our our clients to find. And often they they'll have a a business problem, but they don't actually have a, a codified job description. They 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 don't know exactly what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And often we're we're finding talent from from other industries, other walks of life, to fill these roles. Um, flipping back to the technology a little bit, yes. what was the, where, where did the decision come from to build it yourself as opposed to buy off the shelf or buy off the shelf and then adapt or even acquire off the, acquire those kind of business. I know you did acquire a business, but you know, what, what, what's the kind of thinking behind that? So, I mean, what we've acquired is fundamentally a tech team, um, that's ready made, um, that, that is, is deeply skilled in this space. Um, the, I think the decision um, absolutely came from our CEO. I think it's something he's been thinking about for three, four years. I think he's, he's um, very keen that we build an, our own IP. I feel, feel he's, he's done a lot of work looking at the market um, and felt that a lot of the tech falls short. And in the, the, the year or so that I was probably, is that right? Yeah, about nine months that I was talking to him before, before joining. I think there was definitely some commonality in our view there. I mean, I, I think all too often, having worked for really big organisations, when you go to, to um, tech firms, and what you're, you know, you're, you're, you're enhancing their product, you're giving them ideas because you're the ones really using it day to day. So in, in, invariably, you are paying for a modification to an off-the-shelf platform, which they are then Im improving their platform and then able to sell that onto others. You know, ultimately, it's their IP. So. So I think that's one of the challenges. If you really believe in, in your own power to innovate, then looking to third party vendors a lot of the time um, to deliver that innovation for you, 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 you never reap the reward of, of, of those great ideas or those great improvements. Um, and so, so that, that's, that's really why we, we're, we're on a, a journey to build our own. And some of the ideas, James, you know, we, we, we just don't see anyone out there or anyone close to delivering what we aspire to deliver yeah okay um and uh, is the idea that you would license this kind of tech or are you going to keep it all to yourself or is this you know how does how, how what do you see the future for your your, your, your kind of in-house tech yeah we we already have licensed it so not only we're we using it for our own recruiters but um we we are licensing it um to other um tech tech companies that are, that, that are in the platform uh space um, and they are using our engine. Um, okay, so here's the big one. The final question for you, for you Gavin, is um, the future. The future of uh, recruitment technology. You know, put yourself, let's not say five years, because not much is going to change in a huge amount in five years, but put yourself 10 years in the future. Um, where, where are we going to be at that point? You know, what, what's the tech going to look like then? Will it be... You know, as some people think that there's going to be a huge amount of automation and that the recruitment consultant is pretty much just a kind of a button pusher at that point. Or, you know, what are the other jobs that are going to pop up from, from, from this new tech? What, what does that kind of 10-year future look like, do you think? Yeah, I really do see um, 
a huge consolidation. I mean, I, th I think we, for, ever since you know, LinkedIn came in in 2004, 2005, um, people were, were, were um, predicting the death of the recruiter. And, you know, we have many niche boutique platforms out there operating in their own space. Um, uh, but I think, I think I'm right in saying that the recruit, number of recruiters, certainly in the UK, has stayed steady and, and it's you know, still you know, 100,000 plus, isn't it? Hmm. But I, I think that it, it is a perfect storm. I think a combination of, of matching tech um, with um, robotic process automation, I think there'll be some major advancements in, in recruitment uh, video interviewing, um, which I can talk about because we're, we're doing some of that ourselves. Um, I, I do see it, it can, it's going to be harder for that mid-tier blue-collar, white-collar uh, recruiter because the tech is going to be able to do a lot, lots of, of, of the work for them. Sure, there's always going to be a need for, um, you know, that, that human interface. But I think that, that video recruiting technology will, will deliver so much more uh, and, and, and close that gap. That, that, that a human recruiter does. Oh, well, let's talk around that then. Um, to, to, let me, tell me about the kind of the, the video recruitment tech that you, you guys are developing. Yeah, so what, what we're looking at is um, tech which has sentiments analysis baked in. So, so cognitive services in, in the AI space um, is something that we are, are playing with and, and, and I've played with in, in a previous life. So, so um, what we're really assessing is um, motivation, um, privacy. Now, now uh, I'll, I'll deal with the disclaimer because within the US, there is the, the Polygraph Act of, of 2016, which actually forbids you from, um, from, from doing the lie detectors um, in the workplace and, and indeed as part of the, the screening process. But I think that, um, that you know, we're speaking to our lawyers and 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 people around the world who've, who've made this sort of technology, and I think there are ways that, that 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 will allow us to navigate it. I think the worst thing you you want, James, is is um, when you're placing someone who's on maybe half a million, a million dollar salary, and you're moving them from the west coast, from a big tech firm in the Bay Area, to the east coast, to a private equity house, who are willing to pay maybe a a million dollars more for this this person that they are not just yanking your chain. They're not going through the motions just to get a, a counter offer from their existing company because that, that affects your credibility with your clients. It wastes everybody's time. Um, so I think the ability to measure motivation at the starting blocks um, is, is key. And, and that there is tech that, that's available and tech that we're building that will allow us through through a Zoom video call, which has now become the norm in, in, in the pandemic, to really assess um, doing sort of layered voice analysis. We can calibrate, you know, what's your name? James Whitelock, where do you live? I don't know where you live, actually. It's in Hertfordshire, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's near Northampton. Why is it that you want to leave ex, you know, Facebook and come and work for, for, for Goldman Sachs? And, it's, and, and then, you know, we were able to measure the tremor, the, the hesitancy, the, the speeding up of the voice. Uh, we've, we've even got sort of facial uh, um, analysis at the moment where we're able to measure human emotion uh, on their face. But, you know, that, that, that isn't, isn't proving as reliable as we'd like. But certainly in terms of voice analysis, um, yeah, that, that, that's key. Now, I think as, as these algorithms develop over the next few years, 
um, I think the insights that they will offer um, a, a talent acquisition person within the client will be, be far richer than what an average recruiter will, will, will say when they've, when they've met them. Um, Gavin, it has been an absolute pleasure. I mean, the, uh, I think the level of detail you've gone into today, I think the listeners and viewers are going to find that fascinating. Um, we'll include all of your kind of contact details in the show notes if anybody wants to know any more or if they want to come and work for GQR because I'm sure it, it looks an amazing place to work because I've seen the videos basically. Well, if you want to tag on our work for us video at the end just to show people what an LA lifestyle looks uh, like. I, I, th- I think you'll make a lot of people jealous over here because I've seen that and <laughs> it does look, it looks like something from a Hollywood movie basically. Um, and I know you've got some stories about Hollywood stars but we can maybe get into that another time. <laughs> um, yeah, But thank you very much, Gavin. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much, James. Thanks for having me. Cheers. You've been listening to the Marketing Rules Podcast from Think in Circles. Available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple and Spotify. Just search the Marketing Rules Podcast or visit www.themarketingrules.com. To work with James or Think in Circles, visit www.thinkincircles.com. The Marketing Rules Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.